Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, we come to you this morning as your children, as your servant. We come thanking you, honoring you, magnifying you, Father God. And I pray that I may decrease, that you may increase. I pray less of me and more of you. Let your word be heard through my voice as it touches the ears and the hearts of your people. Give me the tongue of a pen of a ready writer and that when your people hear this, they will be changed, they will be transformed, they will apply this word to their lives. I pray that we also continue to keep Pastor Dwayne to strengthen him and uplift him and his family. Continue to give, give Pastor Dwayne and Sister Courtney that good rest. Not that nap, but a good rest so they're able to do the things for your kingdom, Father God, for your glory. So they're able to, to grow the, the ministry here at KLM. And we also like to lift up all the KLM members, stay connected. We're still a KLM family, even though we're not here, gathered here together, we are still gathered around the word. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, let's, let's get to it. Remember last week, we spoke about the power of the tithe. And if you missed it or need to re, rehash on it to get back to it, you can always um, go on the Spotify's or the, on the SoundCloud or the YouTube. There's a lot of social medias that we can use for a review. But just for as a quick review, the power of the tide was, you know, a tenth of the increase. Remember that? It was a tenth of the increase. Um, spoke about when we don't tithe or why we don't tithe, you know, all those reasons. Remember, you know, we don't tie because, you know, life excuses, no immediate penalties. Uh, we want immediate gratification. We don't trust the pastor. We don't want to prove the haters right. Um, sometimes we're expecting only a financial gain, and we think that by not tithing, we'll get, um, we're saving money. So that's, that was part of what we talked about last week. We also spoke about why, um, why we don't see the blessings, even though we're giving, we may not see the blessings because you're just in that cycle of giving and not seeing blessings. And we spoke about that, and I'll, I'll continue with that today as well. And also, how we, may, how we rob God of his ministry, you know, going all the way back to Adam and Eve with the tree, their behaviors, and then how we had those similar behaviors. And then we're like, how come I ain't seeing my blessings? Because you, we exhibit the same type of blessings that uh, Adam and Eve had exhibited. So if this, this, you know, this jogging your memory, okay. It's, so we're gonna go deeper into this today. We're gonna to talk about, you know, I'm gonna narrow this down to the offering because offerings is extensive. So I said, let me, let me come at it this way with this approach from this angle. Cause you know, tithing and offering usually go together. You know, sort of like, if I dare say peanut butter and jelly, they go together, you know, this, because every time we talk about giving, it's like tithes and offerings. So they do go work together, but they're different. 
and we're going to dig into that. Um, you know, the tithe, it honors God, right? And the offering, it's a spiritual sacrifice that we give to God, you know, thanking him. And like I said, God wants a, he wants a tenth of our tithe, right? Whereas with the offering, he leads it up to us to decide what to give. And, you know, like, how do I decide what to give? We're going to pour into that, and, okay? So just remember this. Last week, it was the power of the tithe. This week, I'm just going to ask you a simple question. Where's your heart at? Yeah, this, we're going we're gonna to get into that. Like, where's my heart at? Yeah, where's your heart at? Uh, you got to understand some of this may overlap, okay? Don't, don't get all, you know, don't get rattled. It may, it may overlap. Some things I may speak on today can refer to things about last week with the tithe and vice versa. Some things I spoke about the tithe, you know, I'll, you know it can apply to what I'm speaking about today with the offering. So don't let that throw you off, okay? Uh, if this was a record, last week was side A, this is side B, okay? So it's still in the same, in the same box of, of giving. So let's jump into this. What is the offering anyway? Well, offering is a thing offered, especially as a gift or as a contribution, or and especially a contribution pertaining to money to the church. Uh, here we go again, talking about that money in the church, money, money, money. Yeah, well, um, you may be shocked to know this, but in the Bible, there's over a thousand references made to your offering. Over a thousand times, God speaks about offering. So, and no, I'm not going to read all those references this morning. But it's in here. So I think that's something you, you may want to pay attention to, to the offering if it's mentioned that many times, since it is mentioned that many times in the Bible. And I know you still may not believe in you, so you can open up your Bible and get the reading. But it's in there. Okay? So, but anyway, it was like, okay, so, so that's the offering. Okay, so why should I even offer anyway? Like, what, what are some benefits to this? Oh, you need some benefits to this? Come with me, I open up your Bibles, uh, and um, I'm still reading from King James. You may have, you know, ESV or what have you, but I'm going to just read that to King James. I'm going to go to Malachi 3.10. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you, you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There you have it. You want, there's some benefits in this. You want to get these blessings that you won't even have room enough for. You know, you just, you know, you just like just blessings everywhere, everywhere. And so that's a good reason, you know, to give. And God says, I will give you these spiritual blessings, you know, when you give. And you got to understand, even uh, Bill Winston, he made this, he made this, uh, this visual. Right here it says you open up the windows of heaven. It's like this. It's where the tithes and offering is where it comes together. Your tithe opens up the windows in heaven. And the blessings that come from it, those are your offerings that's been multiplied by God. So it's like you, some of us, we got, we do nothing but give offerings. And we got all these offerings stored there. And we don't have access to them because we're not tithing to open up the window for those blessings that come to us. Or a lot of us are just tithing, and the window was open. And it's like, 
where's all these, you know, these multiplying blessings coming from? You know, it's, it's dripping down. How come it's not coming, you know, fluently? He's all because you're not giving the offering. When you put them both together, the windows open up and all these uh, blessings come down to you. Okay, so I hope y'all, y'all got that? Okay, it's, um, I hope you see that visual. Okay, so this, let's also remember that um, whenever you have these negative attitudes, remember we was giving and then tithing and all these negative attitudes kicked in, you know, the, the improper, uh, improper motives, the uh, misplaced priorities, the doubt, unforgiveness, the fear, or even the uh, bitterness, thing of that stuff, things of that nature. You experience some of those or you exhibit some of those even though you're giving and it's blocking your tithe. And what I'm here to tell you this morning, you know, if I could quote my, my son, Cortez, we want to take it up a notch because, <clears throat> excuse me, because there's certain things we have to do even before we get to that level. Because certain things we do can block your blessings from getting to you. But then there's something that can just block your blessing, block your offering from even getting to God. Yeah, and so we're going to check that, you know. Yeah, because you give, but it may not even reach God. How does it not reach God? Let me... Let's get into this, okay? It's just um, a lot. A lot of us, of what we do and what we don't do, is on us. So I'm gonna help you out this morning. I'm gonna encourage you. If you come with me to Exodus 25, yeah, it's in the Old Testament. Go back. Exodus 20, Exodus 25, one. I'm gonna just read this to you. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go to the glasses a little bit. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass. And if you keep on 4 through 8, it talks about, you know, what to, to bring as an offering. Don't let that throw you off. That was like the currency of the day and the things that they was required to give. Today you can give in dollars and cents. What you need to uh, check out here, it says give willingly, let, let his heart give willingly in the offering. Remember that, giving willingly in his heart with the offering. Because it's very important. And you don't, you don't think that's important? Come with me to Peter, First Peter. We got a lot of scriptures today because I think we need to understand what what all this is about, and sometimes you just have to read it for yourself to see how come this and how come that. Well, you got to read this, and then as you read it, I'll even give you some definitions so this will be clear to you. Okay? Amen? Because we're going to want to make sure we have effective giving. Amen? So check this out. First Peter 2 and 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Acceptable to God, pleasing to God. Keep that in mind. Okay, we got given willingly with your heart. Now offer up spiritual sacrifices that's acceptable to God. Now here we, here we go with this, this whole thing. I'm going to help you out here. 
It has to be acceptable to God. And what's the, the opposite of acceptance? It's rejection, right? You accept it or you reject it. It's like, you know, you have to make an offer. And every time I hear this word, make an offer, you know, sometimes I think back to the old uh, Godfather movies, you know. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Don't say that to God. But that's what I think about. I hear the word offer, offer. So you only get two outcomes when you make an offer to somebody. When you offer someone, something to someone, only two things are going to happen. One is acceptance. The other is rejection. They're either going to accept what you're offering to them or they're going to reject what you're offering to them. So it's like you're a man and you offer your hand in marriage to a young lady. She can either accept it or she can reject it. right? Or if you're at work and you have a new business proposal, new business idea, or you know, you're trying to negotiate, whatever, you take that idea or what have you to the bosses or to the CEO and be like, and you give them an offer, look, this is what I have, you know, and they'll say they'll either accept it or they'll reject it. I watch a lot of sports, you know, and it's like the same thing. Just like a free agent, you know, athlete, everybody wants him on the team. So all these teams are saying, they're giving him like these different offers, like saying, hey, I got a $100 million contract for you for over the next five years. What can that athlete do? The athlete can either accept that offer or he can reject that offer. Are you following me? This is the same thing that happened with Jesus. Jesus offered his body to die for us on, on the cross. And when he died for us, it was like, hey, we can either accept, his, accept him or we can reject him. You know, that's a whole different, but it's in the same thing of offering. You're either going to accept it or you're going to reject it. But, you know, we want... And this is, um, this is something you have to really understand when it comes to our giving and how it could reach God or not. This just reminds me of this whole accepting things and rejecting things. Like a long time ago, a long, long time ago, a very long time ago in a galaxy far away, when I was real young, I, was, uh, <clears throat> I had a girlfriend. I was dating this girl. No, it wasn't Sister Angel, so don't... But, you know, I was dating a girl and... For whatever reason, I don't know all the particulars right now, but she needed money for something, or I don't know if she needed for something, or go somewhere for do this or do that. I don't know. And that day, that particular day, I was just like, nah, you, no, you're not getting any money today, or whatever. And it broke out to like a, a full-scale argument, right? And we joined back and forth with each other, and I'm pretty sure, you know, the argument probably sounded, you know, there was probably a lot of Bernie Mac and Samuel L. Jackson words being thrown in that argument. You know, this is back in, this is like over 20 years ago, whatever. And I got so upset in the argument, I said, you know what? I dug in my pocket and I, I threw the money at her. And the money hit her and fell on the ground. And she gave me that look like, oh, really? You throwing money at me now? This is what it's about? Well, I don't need your money. Keep it. And I was like, wait a minute. We just had a whole argument because you wanted the money. I gave it to you and now you don't want it. But this is why she rejected it. <laughs> It wasn't the fact that she didn't want the money, it was the delivery of how I gave it to her. I threw it at her, you know, disrespectfully. You know, my heart really wasn't in it. I was like, hey, take it, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, whoa. So I, I um, so that's why she rejected it. So I, I corrected myself, you know, I apologized, whatever, whatever, and, you know, gave her the money. Don't talk about me. Y'all was all 20 year old too, but at one time. Y'all had boyfriends and girlfriends, y'all. Y'all know the foolish things, but the point is, I'm trying to make here, 
she had rejected what I had given to her because I didn't give it to her in the right manner, you know. And it's like that with God, too. You don't believe me? Come with me to uh, 2 Corinthians. I hope this is helping you guys because this is, you want to have effective giving. And we always, look, 2 um, Corinthians 9 and 7, sorry. Y'all should know this by heart, but if you don't, I'm going to say it to you anyway. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Do not overlook this. Do not just, you know, cliche this. Do not she-she-poo-poo this. It's good that God loves a cheerful giver. We get up and we clap and, you know, hallelujah, shout. This is so important. And you know, it's just not just something. Don't make it just a normal Sunday morning ritual to say before you give. You break this down, it tells a lot. It says right here, so let him give, not grudgingly. And grudgingly means to be reluctant to give or even to admit or to grumble or complain. So if you're giving and something's like, nah, I don't give, nah, I don't give. And you, you, like you're hesitant to give, God don't want it like that. Or if you're, you're grumbling about it, like, oh, offering time again, da, 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 da. here you go. You know, are you, are you just complaining. You're complaining, you're giving. God is like, hey, hey don't, don't give it to me like that. Don't come at me like that. You know what I'm saying? He's like, that's not how you give. Also, it says, don't give out of necessity. What's necessity? It's like an urgent need. It's, um, you got to look at it as, you ever got that friend? Or that family member you ain't spoke to in like weeks or months, maybe years, I don't know. Now all of a sudden they call you up and the first thing they say in the first 10 seconds is like, yo, I need this. I need this money or I need your help for this or I need this, that, that. And it's like, you sitting up there like, oh, now you call me up because you need something from me? Like you couldn't call me last month or last week or whatever just to say what's up now because you need something so bad you're calling on me. So it's like, is that... Are you, really, are you really interested in me or are you just being selfish for yourself because you need something done for yourself? So God's like, don't, don't come at him like that either. God is telling you, he's saying, he loves a cheerful giver. Uh, a cheerful giver? Yeah. And cheerful, it just basically, it, it means, you know, reflecting willingness. Oh, willingness, that word willingness again, yes. And like, you understand that a cheer is a, a shout of, of approval. You know, like, Shouting of approval, so it's okay to shout and cheer, to shout for God. And it's, you got to look at it like, here goes my sports analogies. Um, cheerleaders on the cheerleading team, what have you. Like, I've seen many games where a team could be losing 35 to nothing, and all of a sudden they score a touchdown, now it's 35-7. And the cheerleaders, they still cheering, throwing up pom-poms, doing backflips, supporting their team, regardless of the score. They're always cheering on the, the team, right? Cheering on. So regardless of what's going on with God, you can always cheer on, be, be joyful in it. You understand? I'm, does that make sense a little bit to you about the cheering? You want to be able to, to do it willingly. And willingness is meaning to, to act gladly or without um, to be prepared. And it's, you know, eager, eager to comply, be prepared. It's like that whole willingness is like, like even before you get to church, 
you're already like, yo, I want to give, I want to give, I want to give. That type of excitement. You know, you ever been in that situation where you just, you're so gung-ho for it, like, yo, I want to do this right now. Like, you know, you, there's nothing holding you back. You know, like, you're going to go through it. You're just willing to go. That's the type of, you know, giver God wants, a cheerful giver. So, but you're saying, so, okay, why, but why does God want that cheerful giver? I mean, I'm still giving him, I'm still offering something to him, but why does he want me to be cheerful? And God is asking you, you know, where's your heart at? You know, where, where's your heart at? Because some of us, you know, we're we all over the place with it. God always examines the heart. You know, it's the first thing, you know, he, he's examining where's your heart. Some of y'all saying, y'all don't believe me? All right, we're going to do this. We're going to go back to Genesis. Good old Genesis. We can learn a lot in Genesis. I mean, you can learn a lot from the whole Bible, but there's so much, uh, so much here in Genesis. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about it and yeah, we just bear with me. I gotta put the glasses on for this one because I'm gonna read Genesis four. I'm gonna go probably to the verse, <clears throat> yeah, verse eight or something. All right, maybe not. Well, let's get to reading. Genesis four. Check this out. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Um, and then you know the rest of it. Cain, you know he, you know he killed his brother Abel. Why'd you read this stuff, brother Frank? Very simple. It, you know you got to don't just overlook this. It says he accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering because he said for Cain had no respect. Now listen to this. It says in the process of time that Cain brought the fruit of the ground to God. In the process of time. That means that some time had elapsed. So Cain wasn't, he wasn't all too willingly to do it. He, was, he took his time in getting it to God, right? And, and it says he brought him the fruit of the ground. And it doesn't describe the fruit. We don't know what if, if it was an apple or a pear. I don't know. But it didn't say it was a, you know, the, the shiniest apple or the, or the juiciest apple or the fattest apple or the, you know. The, the, you know, the whole bundle of grapes, it, didn't, it just says a fruit, you know. It could have been, you know, it could have been one grape, I don't know, or it could have been a whole bushel, I don't know. It doesn't, but he's saying right here that it, it took time to do it and it's just, you know, the fruit of the ground. Why did he give him the fruit of the ground? Because he was a tiller of the land. But listen what it says about Abel. Abel also bought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. So Abel wasn't, Abel wasn't messing around. He's like, I'm going to give you the first of the first of it, of the flock, and I'm gonna give you the fat, the fat one, you know, whether it was a fat sheep or 
a fat goat, or I don't know, a fat lamb, I don't know. It was, but he gave him the, like the fat one in, out of the first flock. So Abel wasn't messing around. Cain was, you know, he was, yeah, I'll give it to you, whatever, whatever. So this is why he wasn't, you know, God didn't respect it. And if you come with me, hold your place there, hold your place there, because we're going to go to Hebrews. Hold your place there. Go to Hebrews uh, 11 and 4. And you got to understand, this is going to, you're going to be like, oh, snap. Hebrews 11 and 4. <clears throat> Check this out. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead yet speaketh. Okay, that's just saying, by faith, wow, by faith, Abel offered un unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Oh, snap. And here, and it's so, it's so deep because it's like, even after Abel died, God is still, his offering to God is still echoing to this day. You know, so like when you offer something to God, how much more after you, after you pass, so that's still having to affect generations to come. But here it is. He says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Cain had no faith. And here it is. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Jump over to verse 6. It's going it's to mess you up for the good. Verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, you have to have faith in order to please God. You, you know, you, you can't even get saved unless you have faith, unless your faith is right, right? So this is why God rejected Cain's offering, because Cain had no faith in what he was doing. So he wasn't pleasing to God. He couldn't even please God because he had no faith in his offering. Abel, on the other hand, had faith in what he was doing. And he was able to please God and God was able to accept it. You see the difference between that. No faith in it, God's like, you're not going to be able to please me. So once again, I'm asking you, where's your heart at? Okay, listen to, listen to this. Look what happened. Because God is, this is, how, this is how much God really loves us. Even though Cain wasn't Given in faith, God was trying to help him out. God said, because God went to him, he said, why is thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? And y'all do realize the word wroth, it means extreme, furious, you know, really angry, you know, smoke coming out the ears, this was Cain. God was like, if y'all, if you do well, won't you be accepted? You, you know, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. So God was already telling him, look, as long as you you know, giving in faith, I'll accept it. But if you're still giving and it's not in faith, sin is right there, and it's going to want to take over you. You're supposed to control the sin, but Cain didn't. And what happened was the sin took over Cain. How do we know this, Brother Frank? Well, right here, if you keep reading, you'll see that Cain became, you know, jealous of his brother Abel. And, you know, so Cain, you know, in recorded history was Cain was basically like the first hater, right? He was hating on Abel because Abel's, Abel's uh, offerings was accepting God's, wasn't So not only was Cain like the first hater, he was like, he was like the firstborn, uh, the first one to, to, to uh, continue the family business. You know, Adam was the tiller of the land, Cain was the tiller of the land. And here is Cain right now hating on his brother. And it gets deeper. Not only was he hating on his brother, 
But then he killed him. Y'all know the story. He killed him. So he became like also the first murderer. And then when God was like, you know, where's your brother at, Cain? Cain was like, I don't know. You know, right here he says, I know not. You know, he's like, I don't know. Lying, shaking God's face, you know. So he's like the first liar, you know. The, I know y'all say the devil's a liar. Yeah, the devil's a liar, but the devil, um, he's like manipulated. He, he manipulated Adam and Eve. And, but here, right here, you see Cain right to God's face is like, I don't know where he at. Now, Cain, how you not know where he at? You killed him, but you're going you to tell God you don't know where he's at. But then it gets even worse, because then Cain was like, am I my brother's keeper? You know, like, you ain't going to talk back to God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, God's like, where's your brother at? And Cain was like, I don't know. You God, you know what I'm saying? You, ain't you supposed to know where he at? You supposed to know everything and see everything. Am I my brother's keeper? Like, how you going to slick talk God like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, but this is what happened when sin was lying at the door and sin overtook Cain. And so what I'm trying to explain to you is sometimes that even happens within the church. You know what I'm saying? We, we may be sitting next to somebody, not right now, but, you know, we may be sitting next to somebody in your row and y'all both giving and they're being blessed and you're not being blessed, even though you're giving and they're giving, you know, because maybe your, your offering, you know, isn't, isn't being accepted by God because of what, what's in your heart. And so... You may start to get jealous of them. You, you, you've seen it, you know, you see them getting blessed with a new car or whatever, or a new job, or what, whatever the situation, they got money. And that jealousy can get up in you to the point where you just start hating on them, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they may come in with, I don't know, a Burberry pocketbook or something. And that jealousy or hate can be so deep in you, you can be like, man, that's fake. Or, you know, you paid too much for that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, oh, you got to, you got a new job or you got this or that, you know, who, who are you messing around with or what have you, you know. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. You know the, how that jealousy and that hate be coming in and people start talking and rumors and all that. Why? Right, because of the hate. Or it could be a situation where you start lying on them, like I say, gossiping and things of these nature. And also, as, as Cain did, well, Cain murdered his brother. I'm not saying you want to murder somebody in the church, but, but you could assassinate their character, you know, talking bad about them. To other people, and you know, this is you know, they could be you know, they could be the ones on straight now, but because you got all this anger and animosity in you and hatred, what have you, you start you know, killing off their character, just talking bad about them. Y'all know what I'm talking about, and also, even if you don't do that, you just may kill their confidence. They might not, they may be getting ready to be blessed with a job promotion, and here you come talking about some. They don't promote black people at that job, or they don't promote women at that job, or you all you guys are GED. How you expect to get a promotion? Ain't you know what I'm saying? And now their confidence is being shot down because you talking that negative stuff to them. Yeah, y'all feeling what I'm saying? So you know, you, this is what sometimes happens, and you know, and I know that you know it because you see it, and it's like, where's your heart at? You know, if you, when you give, understand when you give, it's between you and God. So, you know, you sh your heart should be in it. If your heart's not in it, it's going to, if your heart isn't in it, I'm not going to sing that song, that's Atlantic Star, but if your heart isn't in it, it's going to cause problems. And um, let me just say this, and I'll get it out the way. But I got to say this, and it's not controversial, it's, it's fact, it's right here. I've been wondering, and I've been thinking, like, you know, let's keep it 100. In our churches, the reason, could it be that the reason why in the church, while the church is so divided 
and why there's so much, some lies in church and gossip and rumors and drama in the church. Could it be because of this? Because people have this Cain mentality of giving and God not accepting what they're giving. He's rejecting it and now sin lies at the door and they're doing all these, these things that Cain was doing to their own brothers and sisters. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Like, it could be a problem. I think, you know, we spoke about this because not everybody gives and when they do give, they're not giving in faith. God's rejecting it. Now, these are the consequences of it. It's like, yo, it could be more Cain's in the church than Abel's. And then that's why all these rumblings and dysfunctional things are going on within the church itself because there's more Cain's in the pews than Abel's in the pews. And what I'm trying to tell you today is we've got to get that out of our system. Be a cheerful giver. Okay, we use your faith. Be a cheerful giver. That's why I keep asking, where's your heart at? That's what God is asking you. Where's your heart at? If your heart's in the right place, you'll be a cheerful giver and you won't have all this angst amongst your brothers and sisters. Are you with me on this? Um, yeah, that's, I'm almost done. I'm going to help you out. Because you're like saying, well, how do I become a cheerful giver? I got three tips for you on how to become a cheerful giver. And it's not extensive. It's three tips. Well, not tip, but three applications, you know. Uh, one of them is <clears throat> when you give, how to give cheerfully, give in faith. We just ran through it in Hebrews 11, 6. We're talking about without faith, is, um, it's impossible to please God. That right there should just set you free. If I, you know, know to please God, you better have faith in it. Your heart better be in it. You understand what I'm saying? It's, um, you know, I, I played sports and before and... I was on a football team, and yes, I had, I was into it, you know. I'm still into it, but I was into it, and, you know, my heart was there. <clears throat> I had aspirations of going to the NFL. Yes, my 160-pound body wanted to play in the NFL. Don't talk about me. And, you know, I was, I was with it, and, but there were some people on the team that really wasn't there. Their heart wasn't in it. They, they really wasn't believing what the coaches was trying to present. So they was just there for a uniform, you know. I'm up here studying film. They falling asleep in the film room. I'm over here lifting weights. They laughing and joking in the weight room. I'm on the practice field doing drills and everything and going all out and they just half stepping through it. And coaches are seeing all of this and then when the reward comes, you know, for game time, guess what? They don't get in the game. There's no reward for them. They're on the team, but they're on the bench, not getting in the game. Whereas I've seen other people who didn't have the greatest athletic ability, but because they was into it and was believing what the coaches was trying to do and their heart was into it, they, they got some game time, you know, even if it was just on the kickoff team, they got some game time. But the point is, the world, those whose hearts wasn't in it, you know, they, there was nothing there for them. You just showing up and you got the game with a clean uniform, and, you know. So keep that in mind. You come to God with faith and come to God, you know, with your heart into it, and I'll help you be a cheerful giver. Let's move on. Um, the second thing to, become, to be a cheerful giver is you got to come with thanksgiving. Always have thanksgiving in your heart. You don't believe me? 95, Psalm 95 and 2 says, Psalm, Psalm 95 and 2 says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms or songs. So, you got come to come to God with thanksgiving in your heart. You know, you got to just, look, thank God for your job. 
Thank God for payday. Thank God for the opportunity to give. Thank God for what he, for your spouse. Thank God for your children. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for what he's done. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's going to do. But always give thanks. Always give, always come give thanks. You see it right here. That, that's, that'll help you become a cheerful giver as well. Are y'all seeing this? Is everyone, y'all with me on this? You know, I can't hear you, but, you know, is y'all feeling me on this? And the third thing is uh, to be a cheerful giver is have expectations. Yeah, you can have expectations. Um, a couple months ago, uh, Brother Allen spoke about living in an expectation. And, it's like, and um, I'm not going to read tell you his whole message, but you can look it up. But he spoke about, you know, living in expectations. And we can live in expectations, too. If you come with me to, uh, Saint, to Luke, Luke 6, 38. I'll read this to you, Luke 6, 38. <clears throat> Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with that same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So, you know, you got to expect a blessing that's going to come to you. And that'll help you become a cheerful giver. Like, like check it out, check it out. When a farmer plants his, uh, his, his tomato seeds, right, he's expecting tomatoes to grow. He's not expecting squash. He's not expecting peppers or, you know, some corn or, you know, other, or carrots. He plants the tomato seeds. He's expecting tomatoes to grow. That's his expectation. And his expectation is so, you know, so great that he's already expecting, once those tomatoes to get here, he's already expecting that the, the vegan people over here is going to buy his tomatoes for the salad. You know, the, you know, the pasta joint over here is going to buy his tomatoes to make tomato sauce. You know, the, um, the burger people over here is already going to buy his tomatoes so they can make, you know, ketchup and things. And the health, the health crazies, uh, it's okay to be a, be a health nut, but the health people over here, they already want to buy his tomatoes so they can make some V8 juice, which I do not like. I do not, but that's a different story. But the point is, when the farmer plants these uh, tomato seeds, he's already expecting all of this to come from, him, from his giving into the ground, from the sowing. So we also like, we also got to fix some things too when it comes to expectations. Cause check it out, all of us has been here and done that. I'm not condemning nobody, you know. But let's keep it one. Let's keep it 100. We've all been to the bodegas. We've all been to the corner stores. We've all been to the convenience stores or to wherever you shop, and you see people standing in line, money in their hand, waiting to play, pay the uh, play the lottery. Why? Cause they want that 100 million dollar, you know, lottery winning. But here's the deal. They're smiling. They're happy. Why? Because they're giving an expectation. They're expecting to win the lottery. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy because it's like a, what is it, a one in 300 million chance or whatever it is. You know, this is, the odds is staggering. But yet, they're still giving, you know, willfully and cheerily, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this money. And then it's not even a guarantee. But here it is. You come to church and you already know Psalm 3527, God says, you know, it it pleases him when we prosper. And you know, right, right here, I just told you, you're going to receive, you know, God's going to bless you when you give. It's a guarantee, it's not an if. God's going to bless you. If you like I said, if you're not being blessed, it's because something we're doing, it's not something God's doing. So you're going to get a 100%, you know, you're going to 
your blessing is going to be 100%. It's not a one in 300 million chance. But you can't smile for that. You can't get excited about that. You, your heart can't be in that. Rather you want to, you know, your, heart, your heart's in something that's going to, that's a one in 300 million chance. Whereas with God, he's like, yo, I got you. You don't have to worry about the odds. It's already done. You know, so how come you can't get excited for that? So come with expectations is what I'm saying. So come with faith. Come with thanksgiving. Come with expectations. That'll help you be a cheerful giver. Why are you telling us all this? Because I want, you know, you're, you're given to be effective. Like I said, if you're giving, sometimes we're giving, it's not even reaching God. God, so no blessings, then he rejects it, then you turn into the decaying spirit, and we don't want that. So, you know, just make sure we're coming cheerfully. That's why I'm asking you, where's your heart at? That's what God's checking. Where's your heart at? So as we continue to give, you know, the tithes, we're going to honor God, and with the offerings, we're going to thank God and give sacrifice, appreciation. So let's not rob God in our tithes and offerings. Let's not rob him the opportunity to minister to us. Let's not, let's not rob him the opportunity to bless us. Are you feeling me? This is why this goes together. And you can have this same mentality whenever you're giving. And anything, you know, give me tithes, give me offerings, sow and seed, you know, just, you know, like I said, giving thanks. Whenever you're sowing and giving, you know, have it in your heart, you know, have it, believe in what you're doing because God's going to, you're going to take care of you. So don't, don't have this faith, don't have this Cain mentality. Give, God will take care of you. And that's why I said, or if he places in your heart, that's what you give when you're offering. Where's your heart at? Amen. I pray you was blessed. I hope this helped you out. And, you know, glory to his word. And thank you. And amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.